0: Thank you for listening to sermons by Chaplain Braswell. We hope that you are encouraged by these messages and that God will continue to bless you. And now, today's sermon. Well, good morning. If you have a Bible, I I hope that you do. I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, this is the passage just following what uh, Chaplain Kelly read for us uh, there at the end of Luke 17. As we look at this subject How to Pray and Not Lose Heart. How to pray and not lose heart. In a day that we live such as today, I can't think of a more important spiritual discipline, a more important act for us to be about doing besides that of prayer. And in Luke chapter 18, Jesus is going to talk about just that as he shares a parable of a persistent widow that reminds us that we are to pray And not lose heart. As we've already read in Luke 17, we notice that Jesus, just prior to telling this parable, he talks about the coming of the kingdom. He uses this language that we also read in Matthew and other places in the scripture about the coming of the Son of Man. He, He uses that there'll be two in the field, one taken and one left. And he talks about how, on the one hand, for God's people, this kingdom coming is going to be a glorious day, but for others, it'll be a day of dread. And as he shares that, and as I was studying this week, I came across what you could call a modern day story or a modern day parable to try to tell the same point that Jesus is going to tell. So let me share this with you. A pastor tells this story from back in the 60s of a, of a poor uh, African-American woman who lived in the south side of Chicago. She lived in one of these uh, run-down apartments where in the city of Chicago at the time, it was law that you had to provide heat. But despite that, the unscrupulous landlord, he, he refused to provide heat. Well, the woman was a widow. She was poor, and she didn't really know everything about the legal system, but she decided to take her case to court on her own behalf. She was representing herself. And she thought, well, justice, you know, ought to be done. But time and time again, it was to her ill fortune that she appeared before the same judge who come find out time and time again, it was made obvious that he was racist. He was prejudiced against her because of the color of her skin. And he lived by this principle, as he would say it, people like her should be kept in her place. Uh, The possibility of a ruling favorable to the widow was was pretty bleak, was pretty, pretty low. And they became even bleaker as she realized that the only thing that this judge responded to was a bribe. And she didn't have that. And as she appeared before this judge, the first time she did, he didn't even look up from reading the book that he had in his lap. But then he began to notice her. Just another person who thinks she needs justice, but her persistence made him self-conscious and he finally raged and embarrassed. He granted her a petition and he enforced the case. And as I ran across that story, it simply is a modern way of telling the parable that we're going to read right now, just to help us put it in context. That story was, uh, was, was made up, but it does teach us a little bit about what Jesus is going to do because what Jesus is going to do is he's going to use a story and use an argument, what we're going to see in just a minute, from the lesser to the greater. And you'll see that as we read it. So I invite you to read along as we look at the, ri- the original story, the real story that we'll be looking at today from God's Word, the parable of the persistent widow. Here's what it says. He, that is Jesus, uh, told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Stop right there. I want to point out that Jesus pitches one right down the middle of the plate for us, so to speak. In other words, the writer, of, the writer Luke, is saying, I am telling you, Jesus told this parable so that people would know they ought to continue in prayer, to be persistent in prayer, to don't lose heart while they're praying. Well, here's the story. Jesus said, verse 2, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? God teaches us in this passage that God will hear and he does answer the cry of his people against injustice and we must persist in our prayer to pray and not lose heart. The first thing I want us to look at today is this very, that simple point. Number one, keep praying. Just keep praying. He tells us at the beginning of the parable. That's why he shares the parable, so that people will keep praying. And then in the story, what do you have as, as the person who here was the initially the victim? It was this widow who, much like our modern day parable, didn't have a lot of recourse. Uh, she was a person who really had nothing to offer except to throw herself at the mercy of this judge who she demanded justice. And the Bible says that she went to him... Time after time after time. It is a picture of how we come to God. We're to keep on praying. Other places in the Bible talk about the fact that we should be persistent in our prayer. Let me read to you a couple of places. Psalm chapter 55 says it this way. In verses 16 and 17, it says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me, evening and morning and at noon. That's all day long, right? I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Later on in Matthew, Jesus uh, tells a story about ask, it'll be given to you. Remember that? Seek, you'll find. Knock. And what? It'll be opened. And then he gives the point, well, well who, what man is there among you? If your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or what if he asked for a fish? Would you give him a snake? And he makes the point, if, if, if you, as, a, as an earthly dad, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much better does our Heavenly Father? He's reminding us, continue praying. The Bible in 1 Thessalonians 5 makes that statement, doesn't it? Paul says to pray without ceasing. And I can't help but think about that as I think about Jesus' admonition for us to continue praying. To, to pray and not lose heart. Well, well how, do we, how do we do that? When I think of prayer without ceasing, I, all my life I've, I've sort of, what does that mean? Is it, is it like the person who, who sort of incessantly talks? I don't know if some of y'all are maybe like that or maybe you know people like that, the kind of person who if you're on the phone with, you can just kind of kind of mute your end of the phone and they just kind of can just talk on and on and on and on. Is that what it means to be prayer without ceasing or is, or is it something else? This widow persistently went to this judge. God is trying to teach us that as well. One place we see this concept of praying without ceasing, I believe, is if you just trace the life of Jesus himself. I I, I invite you just to listen as I share a couple of places where Jesus essentially showed us what it means to pray without ceasing. There were times when Jesus prayed alone. The Bible says, at least in four different occasions, that he went to a place by himself. He did that to pray. There's times where Jesus prayed in public. He prayed prayed, uh, when when Lazarus was raised from the dead, for example. There's examples where Jesus prayed before meals. He prayed before important decisions. For example, it says that before he chose his 12 disciples, he went and he prayed. And then he chose the disciples. He, He prayed before healing at times. He prayed after healing at times. He prayed to do the Father's will. He prayed at his baptism. He prayed in the morning before heading to Galilee at one time. He prayed while speaking to the Jewish leaders. He prayed before he fed 5,000 people. Guess what he did before he walked on water? He prayed. While healing a deaf and a mute man, he prayed. Before he taught his disciples about the Lord's prayer, he prayed. He prayed for Peter. In John 17, we find out he prayed for us. He prayed a blessing after he rose from the dead and ate a meal with his disciples. And before he ascended back to heaven, he gave the apostles, the disciples there, a blessing. And then Romans tells us that even now, Paul says, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. I share that with you to see that when you trace the life of Jesus, what you see is this attitude of prayer. It is not necessarily incessantly talking, but it is an attitude of in in my comings, in my goings, in my decisions, in my struggles, in my temptations, whether Jesus was hanging on the cross and he cried out to the Father, or he's in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, or he's healing, or he's blessing others. He was in an attitude of prayer at all times. In the military, we talk a lot about readiness, readiness. Readiness means I'm ready to what we would say fight tonight. In other words, ready to do what the nation calls on me to do right now. That means I have to have my medical stuff ready. I have to have my equipment ready. My training needs to be ready. The idea of being persistent in prayer is I'm always in prayer. This widow continuously knocked on the door. We pray continually. Now, point number two is important in this because we pray continually, but number two, God hears our prayer. God hears our prayer. That's the point that comes up in verse number 1 of Luke 18 where he says they ought to pray and not lose heart. We don't have to lose heart because we know that God will hear our prayer. This parable makes the argument of how God hears our prayer through an argument from what we'll call the lesser to the greater. Let's talk about this judge in this story just a little bit. Uh, During the first century Roman, the Roman uh, Empire, they would appoint a village judge, so so to speak, a municipal authority. Now he would judge criminal cases and he would look after the interests of Caesar. They were the worst. They were notorious, lacking in scruples many times. They were paid large salaries out of the temple treasury. The Jews regarded them with the same utter disdain typically shown to tax collectors. Their official title, this was interesting, was a prohibition judge. But in the Aramaic, the word that was used for a prohibition judge in Aramaic, if you change one letter, it would change the meaning not from pro- prohibition judge, but to a thief judge. So the Jews, just to talk bad about these people, would change that one letter as they shared with each other. Oh, instead of saying, oh, there's that prohibition judge, oh, there's that robber judge. And this guy is the poster child, isn't he? He's, he's bad. There's, there's nothing good about this guy. He is, by definition, a negative character. And what does it say about him? Go back and look. It says that in verse 4, he says this about himself. Though I neither fear God nor respect man. He, he, he doesn't care about anything. If you want to look at it this way, by this man's own confession, he blatantly is in defiance of what Jesus said were the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This man is, at least he's honest about his dishonesty and his, and his bad dealings. I don't care about God, and I don't care about people. That pretty much covers everything. This guy does not care about any of those things. Yet in this story, he gives this widow justice. The point being the lesser to the greater. The point being, if this sorry guy gives justice, don't you think God is going to give justice? That, that's what he's saying. This judge in the story, he, he uses this phrase, she keeps bothering me. And then she says she, uh, he says, I, I just went ahead and did it because she was beating me down with her continual coming. One translation says, lest she uh, weary me. Uh, the, the, the Greek term is a boxing term that means to strike someone with a blow, to give me literally a black eye. The idea is like, uh, I don't think that the, the judge is saying this, this woman's going to come up and fight him, but I think it's a, what's a black eye? Well, it's an embarrassment. It, it's, a, it's just continual nagging of him to where he, he just, at the end of the day, had to do something so that he could sort of save face. The point being, if this sorry rascal's doing that, Jesus is saying, God will hear your prayers. In a world like we live in today, it's time to pray. It's time to continue to pray like Christ, praying without ceasing, knowing like Jesus tells us that God will hear our prayers. Paul uses this language many places. He talks about it in 2 Corinthians of not losing heart. He talks about in Galatians of don't grow weary while uh, doing good. In Ephesians 3, he says, don't lose heart at the tribulations that are coming for you. It is no accident that Luke 18, this story of the widow and the story of prayer comes right on the heels of the story of the coming of the son of man. And Jesus brings that full circle at the end of this passage because What we learn in this passage is we are to pray and not lose heart. Number two, God hears our prayer. But number three is really a question that Jesus asked. And it is the question he asked in verse eight. Will he find faith? Will he find faith? Let's go back and look at verse seven and eight. Jesus said, will not God give justice to his elect? That is his people who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? He's saying that God will take care of his people. But the way he asked the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? He is is reminding his people that earth and life as we know it is heading to a climactic point. And that climactic point is the coming of the son of man. You can go online. I did it this week and I kind of went down a rabbit hole. There are many, many preachers out there who are preaching that, that COVID-19 and the pandemic that we're facing is sort of tied into the, to the second coming. And, it, and it's the sign that now it's about to come. Well, I don't know, but I do know what I know from scripture that the next big event on God's calendar is the coming of Jesus Christ. And it could happen any time. And as we read scripture in this passage, what God is reminding us is that we need to keep that in view. We need to keep it in view that the coming of the Son of Man is going to take place. Here's what happens. As Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, the importance of following Christ... What begins to happen is if you and I begin to pray with that in mind, our prayer life will help mold us into the people that God's called us to be. As we begin to call on God and as we begin to pray, we'll be able to answer that question. Will he find faith? You see, God hears our prayers and I believe that when we pray, God hears us. And I believe that we've seen miracles just a few weeks ago. Chaplain Kelly preached about and gave us several illustrations of miracles where God changed lives, where God did miraculous things. I believe God still does that. But the other thing that takes place, if you think about the Lord's prayer, for example, when he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's what happens. Watch this. As you and I persist in prayer and as I begin to have this attitude of every decision I make, I'm going to talk to the Lord about it. Every blessing that comes my way, I'm going to thank God for it. Every crisis that comes my way, I'm going to get on my knees and say, God, how can I trust you greater? Yes, we hear from God, but also a byproduct is, guess what? When he says, will he find faith? The answer becomes yes. And the answer becomes that much sweeter one day when we stand before God and he says, well done, good and faithful servants. Prayer is not just so God can hear from you. Prayer is so that you and I can hear from God. As Jesus asked this question today, he is asking, will he find faith? Just recently was the National Day of Prayer, and, and on the National Day of Prayer in a, in a popular nationwide newspaper, an article was put out and a, a headline from, from someone who doesn't believe in God who said this, We need reason, not prayer to combat the coronavirus, and he was sort of making fun of prayer. And, and I don't share that with you uh, to, 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 to prove to you that prayer is important because most of y'all who are listening uh, to me, you believe the word of God, and you would say amen if I said prayer is important. I share it because of this. Jesus is still asking the question to you and to me. Regardless of what the world around us thinks about prayer, God has already shared with us he wants us to pray and not lose heart. In a world where many people say prayer is not important. In a world where sometimes we as Christians, we kind of think we can figure things out on our own. Uh, We're we're a country right now who are trying to figure everything out with all of our science. and, and And I hope and pray we can. But in many ways, I don't feel very much in charge. And I bet you don't either. But one thing has not changed. Today, you and I can continue to pray We could continue to pray for our families. We could continue to reach out to the Lord because he's not like this bad guy in this story. He's one who hears. He's one who loves. He's one who, he says, does he not hear his elect who cry out to him day and night? I know sometimes God's timetable is not like ours and I, I can't say that everything you pray for right now is going to get answered tomorrow. But what I can say is that God will hear. And the question remains, will God find us faithful. As we become people of prayer, will we also become people of faith who trust the Lord? Because one day he's coming back. And we talk a lot about readiness in the military and in other contexts of being ready for whatever's next. My hope and my prayer for us as God's people is that we're ready for when he returns to be people who are faithful to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would be people of faith. And Heavenly Father, we pray that we would be people of whom it could be said that we pray and don't lose heart. In the sound of my voice, Heavenly Father, there could be people who who are struggling, who are losing heart, who are weary. I pray that somehow you would instill in them a persistence to cry out to you and that through that it would increase their faith. God, for those who are waiting for an answer to a specific prayer, I pray that you would answer those prayers and they would hear from you. Heavenly Father, for those of us who may simply need to rekindle our devotion to you and and be like Christ in our comings and our goings, conversing with you and, and praying with you and, and asking your will to be done in our lives. May the simple Lord's Prayer that begins with our Father who art in heaven, may those statements of truth become a reality in our life. And God, may you simply find us faithful in the coming days. I pray for those who are sick, Whether it be here at our hospital or elsewhere, I pray that you would bring healing and comfort. And God, I lift up the prayers of your people to you today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for being here today. Our prayer is that you will be faithful and that you will be people of prayer. Have a great week, and God bless you.